Welcome to this APTA podcast. Welcome to PTJ Author Interviews. PTJ Editor-in-Chief Alan Jetty talks with authors about the most interesting and sometimes surprising aspects of their work. And now, Dr. Jetty. Hello. I want to welcome listeners to this latest PTJ podcast. This is Alan Jetty, Editor-in-Chief of PTJ. And today I'm very pleased to have as my guest, Dr. Ward Hay. He's from the Radbound University Medical Center and Radbound Institute for Health Sciences in the Megan, uh, the Netherlands. And he's also now based at the University of Utah in the, in the United States. Welcome, Dr. Hay. Thank you very much for having us. I look really looking forward to having this conversation. I am too. We're going to talk about an article he and his colleagues uh, recently published in PTJ. Um, it's, it's entitled Implementing a Personalized Physical Therapy Approach, which they call Coach to Move, is effective in increasing physical activity and improving functional mobility in older adults. I thought I would begin by giving listeners a little summary, and then we can talk about your study. In the article, the authors described the implementation of their Coach to Move approach, and it's a treatment strategy that has previously been shown to be cost-effective in an earlier traditional randomized controlled trial. The current study is a multi-center, cluster-randomized, more pragmatic trial. It consisted of four clusters consisting of four physical therapy practices that enrolled 292 community-dwelling older adults who had mobility difficulty, uh, and they were living in the Netherlands. Coach to Move was a personalized physical therapy approach, which we will talk about. And the intent was to elicit physical activity as compared to usual care. Uh, Each participant was measured at baseline, three, six, and 12 months after randomization. And the authors show uh, in their articles that they were able to replicate the results of this earlier randomized trial, showing that Coach to Move led to better mid as well as long-term improvements in physical activity, function, as well as reducing level of frailty. And they did it using fewer therapeutic sessions as compared to usual care. So really very nice outcome. So first, congratulations, Ward, on your study. I really uh, think you guys did a wonderful job and it's a nice uh, study and I look forward to discussing it with you. Thank you very much. Same here. I mean, it was really, it was a great effort, mainly due to my team as well. So thanks for them as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, we were really, um, yeah, we were really happy about the results and the outcomes we got in our study as well. I thought it might be helpful to our listeners for you to describe briefly how you got interested in this line of research. Basically, during my education, I was mainly involved in uh, fundamental research. And although I found it really interesting, I felt I was looking for a more practical approach and something that would be more impactful to daily clinical practice than um, fundamental research. So basically, when I looked for positions for a PhD, I found the job uh, opening for a Coach Move project. And I really liked the aspect that it provided me an opportunity to translate evidence or at least evidence-based practice into a more daily clinical work. And I really liked the fact that I had to deal with stakeholders like practice owners, physical therapists, both patients, policymakers, et cetera, to actually 
provide a situation that was a context that was able to implement coaching move in, in daily clinical practice in the Netherlands. So I really like the aspect that it, it was not fully focused on uh, physical therapy, but also the whole medical system in the Netherlands as well. Well, you know, as, as listeners, I'm sure will appreciate pulling off a pragmatic trial is not easy because you have much less control uh, than you would in a traditional uh, randomized clinical trial. So um, that's what really uh, struck me is you were able to pull off a really challenging design. Could you talk a little bit about the theory behind and the major elements of the coach to move intervention so that our listeners understand what it is that you evaluated? Of course, you already did a great job in the introduction. A coach move is basically a physical therapeutic approach aimed to elicit physical activity among community dwelling older adults in the Netherlands. And what is interesting and one of the strengths of coach move is that we don't provide a protocol based exercise program, but we actually provide a framework for clinicians to actually treat community dwelling older adults. So basically, uh, it was based on the HOAC 2 framework, like made famous by the PTJ, and we provided some uh, suggestions and some additional elements we think was were based on evidence-based practice, basically to elicit that physical activity behavior and help other older adults cope with multi-morbidity and uh, polypharmacy and like all the deficits that come sadly enough with aging. So components of coach move include motivated motivational interviewing uh, and mainly focused on engaging and sustaining physical be uh, activity behavior we also provided uh, some opportunities for smarty goal setting and smart in the sense that we added the eye for inspiring a meaningful goal setting so that the goal was actually meaningful to the patient which elicits motivation for the uh, older adult as well we provided suggestions for a more tailored approach um, like we have in in our case our patients were on average 83 years old. So basically you have, you have 83 years of experience right in front of you. So how does this person think about physical activity behavior? What is meaningful to them? What are activities they provide energy for them? What are um, social activities that, that are important for this person? So basically how do we um, implement the physical therapy treatment into the life of the patient? We combine that with shared decision-making uh, that basically the patient was able to make the decisions based on the well-informed context provided by the physical therapist. And we also hope to um, provide the physical therapist with some tools to provide monitoring and feedback on the progress made by the patient. You know, one of the challenges in a study such as yours, which is uh, quite pragmatic is getting a buy-in from the therapist to actually implement it. So first, could you talk a little bit about the training that was given to the therapists? Um, of course. Well, basically, the uh, first of all, the, the practices uh, signed up themselves. They contacted us like, hey, we've heard about the Coach Move study. We're willing to participate as well. So we already had somewhat of a buy-in in our study. But our education sessions uh, consisted basically of, of several steps. The first, we made like an e-assessment, an electronic assessment, and which basically revolved around two patient cases with two physical therapists treating the patients. And uh, we filmed one those patient interactions we, we made some questions on it and basically we asked a panel of experts in coach move and motivational interviewing how do they think about 
these interactions? Like, do you feel this is an appropriate uh, appropriate example of motivational interviewing, of invoking, engaging, etc.? So, based on the responses we got from the panel of experts, we provided like proper answer. Like, does this align with the coach move approach? Yes or no? And to what degree? So, basically, the, that e assessment we uh, sent out to our participating physical therapists as well to have a some sense of like a baseline level like how do they think about topics of uh, motivation interviewing and coach to move as well before they even know what coach to move actually is so like what are already the pre-existing com uh, competences of the physical therapists and so physical therapists involved in our study so afterwards we held two education sessions uh, two education days one focused on motivational interviewing, uh, which had a really pragmatic approach in how to elicit physical activity behavior. And the other day was mainly focused on the coach move component. So for example, like a task manipulation, like when you do the intake with a patient, like what is an activity that provides challenges for the, uh, for the patient and how do we manipulate that task on such a level that the patient is able to do it independently on a way that's safe uh, uh, for the patient as well to actively um, practice and exercise that, that activity in their daily lives. We followed up with uh, three peer assessment meetings, basically in which we, which had like distinctive components as well. For example, one peer assessment meeting was mainly focused on motivation interviewing. We all also uh, participating physical therapists to videotape an, an interaction moment in which they um, they utilize motivation interviewing for their. Uh, patient behavior and basically we discussed it with the peers with our peers like the participating physical therapists as well so we discussed like okay what do you see here what uh, what do you think is great and what would you have done otherwise and this allowed us to have an environment in which basically everyone was able to to mention like okay this is how i do it and to learn from each other on a more practical approach instead of us as scientific researchers say like okay you should do this or this in this way so basically there is no right or wrong but we really wanted to see like okay how do physical therapists engage in the way we think about coach and move uh, and how do they actually practice it so during our design we allowed some time to um, actively practice in daily clinical practice for the physical therapist before we were actually conducting our measurements with the patients can you talk a little bit about the level of adherence you were able to achieve with these therapists Sure. Um, so basically, the level of adherence is always a bit difficult um, how to actually measure it, because unfortunately, we can be there with all practice, like with all uh, patient interactions. So what we try to do is we uh, we design some indicator scores based on person centered care, and we look for those indicator scores in the electronic health records. And I don't want to generalize here, but most electronic health records do not fully allow physical therapists to actually write down what they're doing. It did not reflect, really reflect daily clinical practice in our opinions, but it's like, it was the closest thing we could do. So we held interviews as well with the, the physical therapist, like, do you actually understand what coaching move is and how did you apply it in daily clinical practice? But basically, objectively, we try to look for those indicator scores in electronic health records. And we definitely saw um, like an increase in those indicator scores in the um, daily clinical practice, like regular care versus the coach move uh, period in our separate design. Did the uh, COVID-19 pandemic have an effect uh, on your study? I don't recall. And, and if so, how did you deal with that? 
Oh, it definitely had a huge impact on our study. It's, um, as a context in the Netherlands, uh, was really hit hard by COVID-19. We had a curfew, um, like for all populations, we had a lockdown, uh, and especially our target population, the, the community dwelling older, older adults were really hit hard by the restrictions made by our government uh, with regards to COVID. So it was suggested that they could only have one visitor um, a day, aside from, you know, uh, healthcare professionals, etc. But also because of it, we had to make amendments to our study. For example, the time that we go was an important uh, outcome in our study. And if we weren't able to actually go there in person and actually conduct a time that we go, for example. So we tried to look for solutions. And for example, one anecdotal experience I have with regards to a patient of mine, I was sitting in her garden in front of her home looking through the window, uh, calling her in the meantime, trying to conduct our questionnaires and trying to, to conduct a time up and go as well. But we, we were really looking for like opportunities to actually still get our measurements without you know, impacting the, the physical or at least our patients in a way that could be harmful to them with regards to the health. But also when we think about the, the goal of Coach Move, which is illicit physical activity behavior, you could also think if there are restrictions, there's a lockdown, there's a curfew, et cetera, like do our patients feel like comfortable enough to actively engage in physical activity behavior, to go outside and take a walk, for example. So that was quite challenging as well. So we really had to look for ways to still gather data that actually reflects the effect of the coaching move intervention without negatively impacting our patients. So we tried to achieve at least the best result we could get so yeah, that was hopefully well done in our study as well. But we also found that most older adults in our study were actually quite resourceful with regards to how they dealt with the, um, the restriction of COVID-19. I mean, you can think of like, if you're not able to go outside, you have to think of other ways to uh, maintain your physical activity minutes uh, minutes per week. So we found some really nice solutions provided by, the, uh, by our patients as well, which we later on could use um, with, with regards to the feedback we provided to uh, our physical therapists as well. I noticed in reading your article that you chose to use a clustered randomized design in contrast to a more traditional randomization uh, protocol. Can you talk about uh, the, the pros and the cons of a clustered randomized design for this type of intervention? I sure can. Um, so basically, the reason, the first reason why we, we picked this design was basically in our previous uh, randomized uh, controlled trial, we found that many eligible patients did not want to participate in our study because of the random, randomization factor. Uh, they wanted to stick with their, with their own physical therapy without having to think about you know, if I participate in a study, which physical therapist do I get? Like, and especially in with regards to um, my colleague, Nick de Vries, published previously in Coach Move as well. In her study, it was like, okay, one physical therapist was trained in, in Coach Move uh, physical therapy, and the other one provided regular care physical therapy. So basically, patients did not know beforehand which physical therapy, which physical therapist they were treated by. Um, and especially with older adults, I mean, that's a huge deal because they felt comfortable with this person and they did not know if they were going to get it for the treatment. So that's one part we that that's our current design basically countered because we uh, randomized at the like, at the practice level, we did not have to think about randomization of patient level. 
In addition, it also provided us for more uh, feasibility with regards to logistics. I mean, the Netherlands is not too big of a country, but it allowed us to step where, because it is a stepped wedge plus a randomized trial, it allowed us to implement CoachMove like on stepwise base uh, throughout the Netherlands. So basically we started with Cluster one first, uh, four practices were educated. We provide a washout period in which they could experience. So basically based on their experience, their feedback we, we got from the study, we could also make changes to later education days. Furthermore, because of the design, it, all, it also allowed us to evaluate changes within a physical therapist. Because in our study, we had a physical therapist treating a regular care physical therapy at first, and after education, they provided physical, physical therapy um, according to the coach to move approach. So basically, it allowed us to, um, to evaluate the changes within a physical therapist as well. Uh, we had a comparison during regular care during regular care period and we had um, we had data involving the coach move period as well so we could actually see did the behavior of a physical therapist trained as well after our education days the downside of our study was basically because of the symmetrical design it did not allow us to prolong our study so what you can see in our study as well uh, we had 180 people in the control uh, like providing regular receiving regular care physical therapy and we had only 112 people uh, receiving coach to move physical therapy, which is uh, unfortunately because um, due to um, circumstances, due to uh, the context of the study, we, did, we didn't have an opportunity to actually prolong our study and make it more balanced. So that's a, a huge downside because of the, uh, of the design we chose. But still 12 month follow-up is quite good for a study of this nature. True. I mean, it, it definitely was. Um, and we're very happy to, because in a previous study, we had like the, the endpoint at six months. This allowed us to see, okay, what are the results on long-term as well? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the article, in your discussion, you talk about the study could be a blueprint for future um, interventions. Can you talk a little bit about how that could, uh, could occur and whether or not you're pursuing that type of work? I sure can. Um, it's basically, I think it's, it's, it goes in two ways. First of all, I think the story about Coaching Move provides a blueprint of how we can actually work for more an idea. I mean, basically, uh, my professor, uh, Ria Nayas von der Sonde, started this idea in 2008, 2009, and basically describes the whole process of that idea, like trying it with cases, evaluate like what are the most appropriate measurements, come up with a hypothesis, uh, start up with some unpublished observations, then starting towards a randomized uh, control trial, a process evaluation like, okay, what are barriers and facilitators in that RCT, and then continue away onwards towards implementation. I think that's already a nice blueprint of how we can get from that evidence-based, from that idea towards a more practical approach. But also, I think in a way, it provides us a blueprint of how we can actually treat or patients with multi-morbidity, with polypharmacy, like with multiple comorbidities, how we can actually treat them, treat them on a more biopsychosocial approach, not only looking for the physical deficits, but also thinking about the psychological aspect, but also the social aspect, like, okay, what, what deficits come along with that mainly focused on biological perspective? When we think about frailty, we know it's multidimensional. So I feel like, okay, Coach Move could provide us a blueprint and how we deal with those deficits on multiple dimensions in during our physical therapy treatment. Um, so yeah, I think that this provides us an, a nice 
future direction in which way to go. Well, Dr. Hay, I want to congratulate you and your colleagues on a really wonderful study. Thank you for publishing it in PTJ, and I encourage our listeners to take a look at the, the article. And thank you for taking the time to discuss it with me today. Thank you very much for the invitation. You can find more APTA podcasts like this one on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.